0: Support for this podcast comes from Smart Water. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smart Water Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Pride to Detroit podcast
1: is brought to you
0: by Righteous
1: Felon Craft Jerky. It's the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions. That's right. Righteous Felon Jerky and meat sticks are available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park. Each two ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein and each stick has eight grams of protein. Trust me, if it's good enough for the Lions, it's going to be good enough for you, too. Righteous Felon is based in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and they use locally sourced, all-natural Black Angus beef, and they pride themselves on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offerings. Go to RighteousFelon.com and use the promo code POD15 at checkout to get 15% off your order. That's promo code POD15 at RighteousFelon.com. RighteousFelon.com.
2: Welcome to First Bite week 18, your Pride of Detroit, Detroit Lions preview podcast coming in week 18 with an important Sunday night primetime game to talk about against the bitterest of rivals. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I am the uh, producer over at Pride of Detroit. Uh, you can find me at Detroit online with me as always is my co-host uh, extraordinaire. Senior editor of Pride of Detroit at Ryan underscore POD on Twitter. Ryan
3: Matthews is here. How are we doing, buddy? I am doing well. Certainly not as anxious as you are. I, um, oh, man, <laughs> pins I, and needles do not even begin to describe it.
2: Do they? I don't know what to do with my hands. I don't know what to do with my hands. What do I do with my hands? You produce. That's what you do. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but indeed it is week 18 Packers week. And, uh, um, I kind of, uh, I kind of went back and forth on who I wanted to get as a guest. And then I was just like, wait, last time was great. Why don't we just do that? And maybe, maybe this was just a result of Packers fans being down at the time. And so uh, our guest was just humble enough to be, uh, I don't know, honest, honest. (laughs) <laughs> which, is what, which is what we strive for here. Uh, but uh, he is a writer for Cheats TV, uh, also works for Packer Report and the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Dusty Evely is back with us. Dusty, welcome back, man. Well,
4: thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. I assumed you asked me back because you guys won the last matchup, and it was that kind of a That'd superstition be- good luck thing was my assumption. That's kind of where I'm going, but I, I assume yes. it looked like that crossed your mind. That is exactly why. <laughs> I saw your faces. That's exactly why you asked me back.
3: <laughs> That makes you brave for coming back on, Dusty. That, that's you looking at superstition and spitting in its eye.
4: Yeah, you know what? My my entire household is asleep. What else am I going to do? Yeah, uh, just <laughs> superstition. No superstition. I'm bored, dude. Let's do it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, let's let's get into it. But before we do, I have to ask the question that's on everyone's mind: um, How much have they hosed down the stadium so far?
4: Uh man. Listen, I've been getting updates. You know, on the hour, they're just it's they're <laughs> hosing only the spots where they know the Lions players are going to step
2: got it it's the
4: it's the most insane thing i've ever seen but yeah no they're they're out there right now it looks like a puddle uh it's gonna be gonna be wild man gonna be wild
2: uh yeah no let's that is that is a fun storyline um and i know vikings fans are still freaking out about it a little bit but
3: um bring you big cleats bring you
2: big cleats (laughs) yeah wear different cleats what do you
4: want me to tell you (laughs) get to tell your equipment manager i don't know why are we still talking it's insane that they are still complaining about this it's wild man
2: yeah, it's it but to be honest, it sounds like something Lions fans would complain about too. So um hopefully, hopefully everyone is taking hopefully Jamal Williams has told everyone the deal in the locker room and, and we're we're fine here. But let's let's start with the, the Packers having the ball, at Packers offense. Um obviously seen a bit of a turnaround specifically in the passing game. So um, you know, 25th in EPA going into the week nine game against the Lions. Now they're sixth since. So what has been the biggest difference? And don't just say Christian Watson.
4: Uh, Christian Watson. And also, it may, it's mainly consistency. Like at that point in the season, even I was saying, so I was looking back at like who, you know, who was playing that. I think that was Watson. They were easing him back in. His big breakout game was against the Cowboys the following week. I think he played 20% of snaps that week or something. Dobbs who had been coming up played one snap and then got uh, his ankle all busted up. And then he was out for the next five weeks. Uh, their highest snapping receiver in that game was Sammy Watkins. So even who's no longer with the team. So even beyond that, That was still a point in the season where it was like, guys are taking the wrong uh, releases off the route. They got these in-breaking routes, like either a quick hitter, like that strike that is just every single team runs that play action, hit that 12-yard dig across the middle. They're taking outside releases of that and getting walled off, and you're the only option on the play. And so Roger's like, what's going on? Guys are running into each other. Guys are falling down. That was happening through like week 10, week 11, and they've really kind of cleaned that up. So more than anything, I mean, Watson, his speed helps them – his speed and then blocking too helps in a pass run game. Like just his presence has been huge just, just for helping them operate, giving them space to operate. But then, yeah, beyond that, I mean, they had a lot of pass protection issues early and those have been cleaned up somewhat. They kind of move guys back into positions that work for them a little better. And then guys got healthier, I guess. Uh, but I mean, that's the main thing. <laughs> it's the simplest thing. Guys are not running into each other anymore like on a regular basis, which is – it was even like guys like Alan Lazard was running the wrong routes on stuff. Like it wasn't just – I said Sammy Watkins, and he was, but it wasn't just that. It was guys who had been there a long time were were doing things – very poorly and now they're not doing things as poorly and also Christian Watson is playing very well uh, even if the past couple of weeks if he's been kind of down due to an injury and then Dobbs is back now as well and so I mean that's consistency along with some of that talent you hope would come along as the season went on they're kind of coming back now so it's kind of it's a combination of things but the main thing is they're not running into each other anymore which is which is nice I hear that's big as far as helping an offense operate.
3: I heard one thing that is good when the offense is running into the defense is their offensive line. Um, and, and I want to talk about that a little bit because, you know, when, when the Packers did play the Lions, Bakhtiari was, was going through some, some injuries, you know, still going through injuries. He, he hasn't played a, a full quote unquote, a full game, hundred percent of snaps um, since I think all the way back in like week 12. So mm-hmm. um, he he's a guy who's, you know, apparently probably on the men going to play in this game mm-hmm. most likely. And um Talk about the Packers' offensive line in terms of what they've done to help um, prop up that that um, you know big passing boom that they've had that Jeremy alluded to.
4: Sure, yeah, I mean, I think Bakhtiari, I think he would have gone 100 last week. It was just there by so much, and they had a the lot in, yeah. and so they end up like throwing Zach Tom over at left tackle to kind of finish the game. Uh, Bakhtiari was. <laughs> Weird early because he still didn't recover from that ACL, and then there was one game. I think it was before the Lions game that he woke up on a Sunday and they're like, "Well, I can't go. My knee doesn't feel right." And so that's been kind of concern all season. That has not popped back up, but then like his appendix nearly nearly killed him, and so he had to have like an appendectomy. So he was out for. Two weeks because of that. I can't remember if this week or the or the previous weeks is the first week back in. But he, when anytime he's out there, he looks like David Bacchiarie, like very little drop off. He still looks really good. I think what has helped this, I think Josh Myers is still like that in the at center, very prone to inconsistent play. So he'll give you some good stuff and then also some bad stuff. But I mean, early in the season, I can't remember what the lineup was against the Lions of week nine. The right side of the line was a mess. It was Royce Newman at right, at right guard who like has seen every single stunt known to man, but still has no idea how to pick any of them up. And then you had Elton Jenkins over there who was not used to playing a right tackle and he was the same way. And so now they've kind of, you know, they give Jenkins big money. They moved him back to left guard, which is, uh, I mean, he, you can move him. I think he's not fully back. He uh, tore his ACL last year. I don't think he's fully back from there. And then he was playing out of position. He's been tremendous at at left guard and then running in at right guard maybe a little drop off from his rookie to this year, but still very, very solid. And then at right tackle, they've had Yash uh, who's been, you know, his ups and downs, but fairly solid. And then when he can't go, he got dinged up a little in the past two weeks. They got Zach Tom, the rookie at Wake Forest, ups and downs, but he's been tremendous for, for a rookie as well. And so, I mean, you, you've got basically the left side, as long as Bakhtiari's in there, and he has been. Bak- the left side, nails, absolute nails. And then the middle, like, you know, Myers is fine like he's got ups and downs running has been good and then nyman's really come along at right tackle so really it's been they were moving around so many guys due to injuries and trying to get stuff working and playing guys out of position and playing their third string guys at times now they've kind of got a lineup that that works for them and has everyone pretty much at the position that they're best they like to get their best five out there so sometimes you'll get guys out of position i feel like right now everyone is at their best position and they're playing really good ball
2: that makes for a, a pretty interesting matchup because it feels like the Lions' defensive line is kind of clicking and, and all their pieces are in the right place. Obviously, James Houston is is kind of the the hot name right now. but uh, didn't play in the first matchup; hadn't hadn't played an NFL game in the previous matchup, and now so six, crazy six games later, he <laughs> leads the team with eight sacks. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to watch any of him, mm-hmm. and Dusty, but um, what do you, do you have concerns uh, for a guy like that uh, uh, up against this offensive <laughs> yeah. line?
4: Yeah, I always have concerns about guys like that. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think is good. Uh, he's, I think he's he's back. He looks pretty good. But Nyman is prone to ups and downs. Again, if Nyman's out, it's Zach Tom, and he's pretty solid. Both those guys are solid, but they will give up rushers occasionally. So I would I would assume you're going to see some chippers on both sides. What they'll do occasionally, Tanyan or, you know, Mercedes Lewis, who they don't use. I don't think they've used a 6-0 six, uh, lineman since like in the past three years, but just because Mm -hmm. Lewis is their sixth offensive lineman. So he does work off of there. So, I mean, I assume they will give help likely to the right side with Nyman there, Uh, but yeah, I mean, he'll, he'll get, I'm sure he'll get some opportunities as, as good as they've been, he's going to get his opportunities, but you also have Aaron Jones back there. Aaron Jones is for his, as small as he is very good in pass pro. Dylan does good in pass pro Patrick Taylor was basically kept on. I think he's probably going to be active this week because of his pass protection prowess as well. So, I mean, I, you know, I think they're set up well to kind of mitigate some of that, but you see a guy doing what Houston's currently doing. Like,
2: yeah, I'm concerned. <laughs> Fair. Um, well, let, let's kind of talk about the heart of the the Packers offense, because while, while the pass offense has improved, I think the, the offense really starts and stops with, with the run game. Um, and I know it, it I look at the stats, uh, you know, start doing my on paper charts and I don't look doesn't look that impressive. I mean, it looks like a, a decent, efficient running attack, but it's not like they're putting up 150 yards every day. It's not like they're putting up 5-0 a carry. I think I think they're averaging about 125 a game and four six a carry, which are essentially average numbers. But then you look at some of the more advanced statistics, DVOA, EPA, and we're talking the top five units. So where's the disconnect? What what do they do specifically well that maybe isn't showing up on the traditional stat sheets? I think
4: they're they're efficient without being explosive. Mm-hmm. is kind of there. And really it's, I mean, Aaron Jones is very, very good and he's been, a, he's been a little dinged up. And so his, his snaps have taken a hit past two weeks, I guess uh, Dylan, who had been really good last year, some of that's really fallen off like this past week against the Vikings. I think Jones was averaging 7.6 yards per carry. I think he had like 11 carries and like 7.6 yards a carry Dylan was 3.2. And mm-hmm. some of that is they use him low red zone and that's, you're obviously going to kind of take, take a hit there, but he's not kind of bullying guys the way that we saw last year. He kind of gets taken out a little easier. He he has good days and bad days, but I think that's what it is. I think think they're an efficient offense, but not an explosive one because for as good as Aaron Jones is like, he's not really going to break a lot of 50 yard runs at this point. He's, he's very slippery in the hole. He's got really good explosion, but he doesn't have that long range speed. So he's not going to really break a whole lot, but I think that's, I think that's kind of where they are with the running game. And I mean, I think what they've done with the running game has been really good as well in the season. They were working on a lot of, a lot more power stuff, a lot more counter stuff, kind of some of the Shanahan stuff you like to see in varying that run game. And it wasn't working, I think because the offensive line, there was, it was so much in flux. Now they're trying to work some of those concepts into more of like their outside zone. So it's kind of simpler in terms of what a lot of those guys know, but they're using tight ends in a way that like, they're basically using their tight ends in motion as you're like pulling guards more or less. And so you don't know where they're going to attack, but they run these power schemes out of like inside zone, outside zone stuff, which has been really interesting but again, they don't really have a guy that's a home run hitter at this point. So I think that's, I don't know where it is. I think that's where the disconnect is. Like, especially when Jones is there, they are a very efficient run game and it helps them when that run game is going. And, and more often than not, that thing's humming pretty well. It helps them quite a bit, but you're not going to get a whole lot of like huge explosive plays out of that.
3: Yeah, and to Dusty's point, um, I, I saw this earlier when I was taking a look at some numbers. Uh, Aaron Jones, his longest run of the season is 36 yards. A.J. Dillon's longest of the season is 27th, and that ranks 56th and 84th, respectively. So it just goes to show, like like Dusty's saying, it's all about this efficient, sustained um, offense that they can get out of their running game. But my my question is, Dusty, what I, what I found kind of interesting, just because Aaron Jones is tied with Alan Lazard for most receptions on the team, and A.J. Dillon's got 40 targets this year, which is a career high for him. But the thing I found interesting was that the running backs are averaging just like 6.9 yards per reception. So yeah. I, think it, I think it kind of goes into what you're just saying about the efficiency. But my question is, do they kind of use that purposefully as like an extension of their running game?
4: Yeah, more or less. I mean, if you look at like Grouchy's stuff, like it's basically, uh, well, and uh, even I think even now, last last week, Rogers threw one pass behind a line of scrimmage. Uh, Before that, I think they were throwing 22% of his attempts on the season, but behind the line of scrimmage, which is yeah. the highest in the league. I think you that mentioned is, that
3: last time you were on our show. Yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah, he's, yeah. Still doing, he's still doing it. <laughs> like a lot of that stuff is, is RPO stuff. Um, and they've gotten rid of, they're running some of the pony stuff earlier with both Jones and Dylan on the field at the same times. And that was, they've gotten better with that, but they've, they've really kind of toned that down a lot because it was a lot of that was so predictable, but they do have, I mean, when they're out there, if you look at route tree stuff, I think I was looking at this earlier, actually uh, I think if you look at Jones's like the percentage of routes run, vast majority of them are flats and bubbles more or less like they'll they'll line them up wide and even when they line them up wide they'll run them on a little like tunnel screen or something like that they'll the occasional go route stuff like that but that's basically they use that as either checkdowns or first read get the ball out quickly let those guys work in space and so that is i hadn't i hadn't seen the 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 yards per average actually i, I did see the yards per average stuff because i, I saw the year yards per attempt because i read your article earlier today ryan but uh that, that it like that that all completely tracks they'll they'll get those and a lot of times too it's late check down swing passes and Rogers goes like one, two, three, bang, bang, bang progression. The ball's out in less than two seconds, yeah. like in the flat to guy that in space or something. It's, it's been so much on like, let's just uh, almost do a fault, stay efficient, stay efficient, hit the short stuff, hit the short stuff. Then you, then if something opens up downfield, you take that, but it's just so much is if that first thing isn't open, hit the flats, hit the swing, hit whatever. And so it is, it is kind of that low, low, low yardage
3: stuff. Yeah. Jeremy, what's your confidence level in the linebackers? Cause that really comes down to them, right? Sure. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, like Deshaun
2: Elliott coming back potentially helps out in that as as well. Um, For sure. I, I don't know. Um, And <laughs> I don't, I don't have a good feeling one way or the other because, it, you know, bringing this back to the run game, the Lions run defense has been one of the worst for the season, but they kind of hit us a, a hot stretch really starting with the first Packers game. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, that they, they were able to hold, Aaron Jones in check. And I, I asked Todd wash about it this week. Um, you know, what, what's the key to stopping this, this running rushing attack. And he said, basically like hold the edges is, is goal number one, because that's where Aaron Jones can hurt you. I went back and, and looked at Aaron Jones's kind of rushing chart in that game. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot to the edges there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so dusty, is that, is that really the key? Is that how maybe other teams have stopped him? is just make sure you hold that edge collapse in the middle or, you know, I, I, it sounds like you said, and maybe maybe this is just pass protection that the the middle of that offensive line is maybe, the the biggest weakness there. Yeah. So is is that kind of is that the game plan there? And, and obviously, easier said than done. Yeah, I mean, do they do like to
4: attack that way. A lot of that kind of pin pull stuff is that they like to do with Mercedes, kind of pinning down, and then they were, uh, you know, swinging those those guards around the edge to kind of kick out and then, then pin in the middle and all that, you, that is attacking edge stuff. And so yeah. certainly I think there is an aspect to that. I will say again, like I think, say, I think this has been since the buy, maybe even just the past two weeks, kind of this move back to the zone stuff. Cause what was happening with all that power stuff? I mean, if that was, <laughs> if you're pulling a guard and, and, and not everyone's on the same page and they had new guys in all the time. And the guys were not on the same page guys were shooting those gaps. And so whether you run inside outside, like they, they had free rushers and they had a hard time with that. So I think right now, I say that I don't think my desk is wood, real wood, So I'm not going <laughs> to knock on it, but I do think they're in a better spot now with kind of that, again, kind of going back to a modified outside zone, inside zone thing with outside zone. You know, the thing is you're stretching that, but you're also looking for that kickback. I think you've got or the cutback lanes. I think with what they have and the way they're kind of attacking the way they're using the tight ends of the run game, I think they're set up well to attack middle, uh, maybe in a way that they were not set up earlier in the season, just based mm-hmm. on, this shift and the guys they have in there and a little continuity along the line. But I mean, I do think they are looking at those edges with Jones because he is, he's very good out there, but I do think that they are, they're more than willing to go inside on you. And I think they've got the ability to do that. If, if, like you said, they're not necessarily set up the best, the strength is not up the middle for this offensive line, but I do think they are set up to, to be able to do that. If they, if they have to, I don't think, I don't think holding the edge is going to shut them down, but I do think it'll, it'll make things and make life harder for them.
2: So, so let me throw it back to you, Ryan, like what, what's your confidence in the in Lions run game, given kind of the the recent inconsistencies, the Panthers game, not that far in the rear view mirror, even last week against the Bears. I know they they shut things down in the second half, but different, different challenge, obviously with, with Justin Fields too, but I don't know what, what, what what's your confidence level right now in the Lions defense, being able to stop the run game, which feels like the key to this one.
3: Yeah. I don't want to be a fence sitter, but I, I just want to say like both teams are going to play pretty good. Like I, I, I have a feeling. <laughs> just when just it,
4: hope when, everyone has fun. <laughs> yeah.
3: Like, like, like when it comes to this component of the game, like when I was doing, when I was, you know, pulling a lot of my numbers and stuff for the scouting report today, like I, I was just looking at this matchup. Cause like you said, Jeremy, I think it probably ultimately comes down to this, like can the Packers run the ball um, especially in um, what, you know, DVOA calls power uh, uh, success situations. And, you know, can they convert those short yardage third, third and twos and fourth and ones if they get into those positions and that feels like the ball game, like the, the only other component to this ball game that I'll I'll kick it over to Dusty is like Aaron Rodgers is like turning the ball over a little bit this year. Like he's throwing picks Mm -hmm. and stuff. And like, I mean, Lions fans are, uh, you know, they're, they're known to that at least for, for one, three turnover performance. Um, But you know, he, he throws all of those picks in essentially that one game, but like you look dusty at their losses, they lost the turnover battle. Mm -hmm. And like, how, how important is it for like Rogers to protect the ball and how well has he done with that late uh, as of late? He's
4: done well. I mean, uh, I think, I think they've, they've kind of honed their, 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 playbook a little bit more in terms of like week by week, whether they're attacking areas, they think are a little more weak. And I think the deeper balls there, you're throwing in a more open space with a guy like Watson kind of be able to open some of that stuff up. But I mean, and, and I mean, the other thing for turnover battle too, they were not getting turnovers early in the year and and now they are. And as, as we all know, uh, you know, we, we are all men who look at spreadsheets, that stuff's not sustainable week to week. Like they got, they picked off cousins uh, three times last week and got them for a strip sack. Like you're not getting four turnovers every single week. You're can't count on that even if you have three turnover worthy balls from Kirk cousins which let's be honest most games you probably have that you're not you're not hanging on to all of those like that's not the way this works and so i don't think that side of it's sustainable even if they are the defense is playing a little more confidently or they're able to get hands on those tip those and you know the the different ways they can they can potentially do that i think what they've done on offense I think my biggest concern for turnover honestly is AJ Dillon is a little more fumble prone than I think people realize. And so he has an he he will cough them up occasionally. So that, that's kind of the bigger thing. And sure, yeah, Rogers could potentially throw one, probably not three again, because that 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 one he threw at the goal line to Hutchinson is one of the more baffling interceptions I've <laughs> ever seen him throw. I still have no idea what happened on that play. Uh but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's I think he needs to play within the system, play within himself, which he's been doing, not put the ball in harm's way. And again, Again, Part of that, some of those turnover stuff, too. I don't think we saw in the Lions game. Some of the stuff was guys not being where they're supposed to be, or you know, tight coverage and the ball getting tipped or something like that. I mean, he's he's always had his interception luck, has always been pretty good. If you look at the advanced, like the adjusted interceptions, one of the first things I would look at football outsiders end of the year. He's always got you know nine interceptions, but 14 or 15 passes that could be intercepted. That's still pretty good. Yeah, like a lot of guys are are much, much more than that, but he he's always as every quarterback does there's always an opportunity to throw more and I think guys are just kind of hanging on to them a little bit more than than they had in the past but he seems like he's whatever happened to him in that Lions game again the Hutchinson interception what I don't I still don't the is wide open which is a weird sentence to say Um, but I think he's he's cleaned that up and I think the offense as a whole is is operating better and kind of allowing him to to not have to force stuff in a way that he was maybe before
2: And it should be interesting to see how the the Lions match up with their secondary kind of in a little bit of a identity crisis, especially with Jeff Okuda being benched in the past two weeks, but um, we're going to take a break here. I managed to go the entire segment without saying your quarterback's name and I still won't. So let's uh, take a break. And when we come back, we will talk about the lions on offense versus Packers defense. When we come back right here on first bite. and we are back here on first bite big game ahead lions packers week 18 we got dusty evely from cheesehead tv amongst uh, a whole bunch of other things uh with us to to discuss the game let's talk about when the lions have the football and i think this might i know we talked about the lions stopping the packers run game i think this matchup might be just as big and that's the lions pass offense going against this packers pass defense um lions offense one of the best in the league at, at passing ball over the last couple months. Packers have shown a lot of improvement after kind of struggling through the first half of the season. Um, is Joe Barry suddenly a good defensive coordinator, <laughs> Dusty? What happened? No, no, he's
4: not. Okay, That's one, of my, one of my big fears, man, is that he's going to have done enough in like a two week span. People are like, I don't know, man, they probably keep him next year. Like they should not. I I will say They have done things. uh, They've switched stuff up. Basically, their their defensive structure, their entire defensive structure, they've essentially shifted since the bye week. These past three weeks, they've cut out a bunch of stuff that was real bad earlier. It went back to, honest to God, a lot of stuff they should have started the season with. That worked for them last year. And they did that because the players were like, we don't want to play this way anymore. You don't keep a defensive coordinator because your players are like, we're not doing this anymore. He goes, okay, I guess we're not going to do that anymore. That's, oh, man. But, I mean, to their credit, I mean, to, so what they did well last year, now that they were good defense last year, one of the things they did well last year was they <laughs> they would just allow nickel and dime underneath all day all day but they tackled well and they didn't have any busts and the hallmark of packers defense for a very long time was just listen eventually the defense is going to bust and they didn't last year this year they did i mean there's a jefferson game and week one was a clear clear thing but it seemed like once or twice a game they're giving a bust. they're not doing that anymore the pass rush is eh, fine but really they're playing a lot more too high stuff they've gone to like i think over 50 percent of their stuff since the bye week has been either uh cover two which they're like playing two percent of the time through the first nine weeks and now they're up to like 30% of the snaps are cover two or cover six. And then with a little bit of quarter sprinkled in, they were playing a lot of cover three early mm. and they just either through communication or anything, they could not pass stuff off. And so they're playing more too high now. And I think they're just more comfortable in that world. So guys are playing a little more aggressive. That's another thing. They're actually like jamming guys at the line which they always should have been doing based on the profile, based on the guys that they have, and they just weren't. So they're pressing guys, and now they're playing this too high, you know, again, a lot of it cover two, cover six, and quarter stuff in there as well. And I think they're just more comfortable cover, uh, passing stuff off with, and they're just playing much better ball. I mean, I think Campbell's been playing better. Jair's been playing better. Uh, he's, he had a couple busts early, but he's been playing better. Rasul has been, Rasul Douglas has been playing much, much better. Um, you've got, uh, Darnell Savage is basically just a slot corner now, like this it's like you're not a safety anymore, and we have to play you next year, so you have to do something. It's a slot corner, uh, at this point for the past couple of weeks, basically. And he's been playing not great, but better there. So, I mean, I think just they, they've changed structurally how they play defense, and their guys have been playing better either just because that they, they were bound to be playing better or as a result of kind of this defensive structure change. Uh, that they they look, I still have my concerns but they've been playing much better than they have been since, since coming out of the bye week. And I, I, based on what I've seen, I want to think that's sustainable, you know, for this week. And then if they make the playoffs, I, I think they're in a spot where this is for real. I just don't think it's a spot where you're like, we should bring Joe Barry back. Cause he got bullied by his players that are doing
3: this. <laughs> um, my, my curiosity, I guess I'll say dusty is like, what, um, what does Quay Walker really brought to the Packers um, at that second, second level of their defense? Because he was a guy that I, I know a lot of Lions fans were interested in in the draft process. Packers end up getting him, so he becomes public enemy number one. But like in Green Bay, it seems like you know you, you check out PFF and, and and their grades and for what it's worth, but he's one of the you know top 20 linebackers as far as coverage grades go. Can you talk about that and and his run defense and maybe just how he's kind of elevated this Packers defense? Yeah, I
4: mean, he, listen, he's—I mean, if nothing else, he's just a physical freak, dude, and that's—that's that's kind of—I mean, coming in, I—I I just full disclosure here, I did not want him in the draft mainly because I, <laughs> I've always been of the mind if the weakest spot on your defensive is is inside linebacker, then you're then you're fine, you are perfectly fine, and that's the same way the Packers front office has felt for years as well, and also because inside linebackers typically don't do well their first year, a lot of times don't do well their second year. It takes them a little bit to get up to speed, and so we saw some struggles early in the year, and a lot of that was based on kind of his eyes, kind of some deception. You run a jet, jet motion at him or you pull a guard or something. He runs himself out of position, but he's been playing a little steadier lately. I think uh that, I mean, the thought coming into the year was, you know, Campbell, who they re-signed last year, Devondre Campbell, who had like an all-pro season last year and struggle gate this year between Campbell and then Joe Barry, who for all of his as defensive coordinator was, is by all accounts, just a tremendous inside linebacker coach, which was his, his stock and trade between those two guys. By the time the, the year came to an end, Walker be playing better. And then that pairing between Campbell and Walker Campbell would be kind of more the you know the the more down at the line type of guy the run stopper guy and Quay could be kind of the do-it-all I mean line him up in the slot occasionally we've seen him play as like the overhang and and bang around some slot defenders and play in cover so you've got this one-two punch where you can be a little more multiple and do some of that stuff and early in the season it did not look that way just because he his head seemed like it was spinning a little bit he'd run himself out of plays The, the physicality was there but he just was not did just slow just slow to trigger on stuff and get himself out of position, and he still has those moments. He's a rookie linebacker, but he's looked much better. I don't know if they simplified the game for him, if they were just slowing down from a little bit. But when they ask him to play run defense, he seems like he knows what he's doing. Hits the hole uh, hard, kind of gets gets in the backfield when he needs to. They've been using him kind of mugging up over the center. They've been using him as edge rusher occasionally, moving him around a little bit. He's been doing fairly well in that and coverage. Yeah, I mean he's he is a long rangy freak athlete. And I mean, then f- they, like I said, they've been having Savage, I know last past game when they had tight ends out there. Savage was basically a tight end guy. But before that it was Walker kind of doing a lot of this stuff and he's got the physics he's got, He's has like the physicality to kind of basically bang with a defender out of the slot, not really cover a, a receiver that well, but he can cover a tight end. So I think he's. I think he still has room to grow. I think it's some of the athleticism there, he still hasn't quite harnessed all that yet. But I do think that he's gotten much better in terms of like reading his keys, trusting his eyes, firing a little quicker than he has before without getting himself out of position. So, I mean, he'll, he'll still get lost on occasion. I think, you know, maybe some of the run stuff the Lions do, I wouldn't be shocked to see him out of position on some of those. But I think he's – from what I saw earlier in the year, from what I'm seeing now, I mean, he looks, he looks like a a different player. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see that growth and certainly going forward. I think, I think he could be very, very good.
2: Yeah. I want to talk, stay with the, the past defense here because obviously in the previous matchup, um, it was a little bit of a different situation. I think I listened back to our podcast and we were talking about, okay, what what are they going to do with Jair Alexander? Cause he's going to be bored. He's, he's essentially just going to go against, i on a bunch of guys that shouldn't be playing. Um, There was no DJ Chark in that game. There was no Josh Reynolds in that game and obviously no Jameson Williams. Now all those guys are here, um, and, and Amonra is still playing at a high level. So what do you think is the plan with, with Jair this week? Is, is he a guy that, that follows a certain guy in, in general? Is he a guy that sticks to a side? And and is there a guy maybe against this Lions team that, that he mac- matches up particularly well against? It's like he he wasn't
4: moving around. And this is another like bully Joe Barry into it. Because I mean, that was going back to, I know they just played him last week. So the Vikings game is like very, very clear on the mind. Week one Vikings game. Jair basically came out and said, I want Justin Jefferson, and they're like, "Nope. Guess what? You're staying on one side. You're, you're playing off zone, and that's all you're doing." And Jefferson ate them up because they couldn't cover crossers in that game. Right. This week, Jair was like, "No, I don't think you understand. I want, I want Justin Jefferson." And, and I mean, you know, they had safeties over the top, and they mixed up covers and all that stuff. But he traveled with Jefferson a lot. And I think he. I think PFF had him at like he was on Jefferson as the main defender on like 66% of snaps or something mm-hmm. like that, which was, I mean, a marked improvement over like the one he was in week one. So I think they're at a point where like, listen, if Jair wants to do this, they'll do it. Now there's a structure stuff that, that you don't necessarily want to get into with that. They had early in the season. Uh, Jair was their outside guy and Rasul was their slot. Rasul Douglas should never, ever, ever, ever be a slot corner. So I think they want to keep him outside, but I honestly wouldn't be shocked. I know Jamison Williams, is very very fast. I know he's been what up and down. He's only been in what three weeks uh at this point, two or three weeks.
2: Four, yeah, a little bit more than that. But but as like, one, okay. But as as a as a like main contributor, even you know, he's he's only had more than thirteen snaps once, and that was last week, I think. Okay. Yeah,
4: yeah I think I my my thought with him would be like they probably have. Uh, Rasul and then like, you know, the cover two corner or something kind of cloud that side with the cover two guy. I wouldn't be shocked if if they have Jair travel with him on side so, of like just because he's the number one. And beyond that, like yeah. a physical dude and Jair feels like it, <laughs> he talks a lot. Do you guys know this? Jair, <laughs> Jair talks a lot and he backed it up this past week. He played just a tremendous game this past week. He also against the Bears got beat by like Nikhil Harry and also Equinemius St. Brown. Like beat him cold, beat him yeah. off the line cold. So he, he can be, get beat occasion. I think he is playing better, but I have a feeling that he is going at this point. He may just say, listen, I want to mob Ross Brown more often than not. I want, I want to play. I, I want all of that action. I want to get down. I want to get down the ground. I want to do that. And Joe Barry, just again, prone to bullying at this point is going to say, yes, what, whatever you want. So <laughs> I, I wouldn't be shocked if that. If that's the matchup we see is they kind of, they play varied coverages, but we see Jair kind of on, on St. Brown kind of more often than i you I guess.
2: Really quick, the, before we move, maybe to the to the run game, I, I do want to talk about the Packers' pass rusher. You kind of gave it like, an eh, it's okay, um, and and yeah, I think the the stats mostly bear that out. Obviously, Noah, Sean Gary for the rest of the way um, injured in that last in the previous matchup. So, um, what what has been kind of the contingency plan there, and and who who should the lines look out for in terms of a, a dangerous pass rusher? I mean, really,
4: it's been if they don't have anywhere to throw to, like they have to sit back there till we get home. I looked at, now I didn't look at every single game. I looked at this Vikings game because I think Cousins' pressure numbers were not very good. His time to pressure was like 3.4 seconds or something. Mm. So that's basically like, if we don't give you time to throw, we'll get there eventually. So, I mean, for yeah. their pass rushers, they've got, I think Kenny Clark has really come on yeah. and they move him around a little bit. He you know he plays the middle, but with Dean Lowry out, they have played more Devontae Wyatt, who's the other rookie out of Georgia, and TJ Slayton, who's kind of more of a run stuffer guy, but will have like one or two flashes per game of like a legitimate pass rush. So they've been having those guys more in the middle and they'll kick Kenny out a little bit. And so he's not a true pass rusher, but they like to kind of compress the pocket a little more than kind of like bend the edge anyway. So Kenny, but he's, he's been having a tremendous month after kind of a weak start to the season. Preston Smith is kind of the other big guy. And he's, again, kind of more a big mauler. He's not really going to bend the edge. He's going to kind of just beat your guy and back into the left of the quarterback. And he's been having a very good season. And then on the other side, it's, it's uh Kingsley Barry, who was a fifth round rookie. That was kind of when they drafted him, it was, they put, they put 55 on him, which was Zadarius Smith's number. <laughs> like he's got some Zadarius to his game where he's kind of a chaos record. Like you line him up at different parts of the game and he's just going to run his head into the line and just make something happen. And he's turned into a really nice edge rusher. Like he's, he's done some nice stuff, still a fifth round rookie, uh, but he's done some nice stuff. And then they signed, I can't, what can I can't remember? Rams practice squad or something. Uh Justin Hollins, mm-hmm. they've been starting, or he's been like basically their third rotational guy over the past few weeks. And he's put together some really nice games. Um, I think, you know, still maybe a little limited in, in his package, but he can do some really nice stuff. So, I mean, I think they're basically at it's it's Preston and I'bari are the two starters, and Igbari's been coming along, he's been doing some good stuff. And then Hollins is kind of the rotational guy, but really they want to kind of collapse the pocket. And again, like they don't have a guy that's gonna beat you with first step more off than that. Kenny Clark will do that in the middle. Um, that's basically about it. Like their, their thing is, again, if we, if we cloud this and we make it to where there's not a whole lot of guys to throw to, we'll get there eventually. Cause they're, they're vicious enough and they have high enough motors. So that's good. But there's not a guy, there's not a guy in the line that really scares you in the way that like Rashawn Gary did.
3: Well, uh, as Jeremy you know alluded to, let's talk about the run defense, because the age old question that Jeremy, I remember you first asking this question to Tex, I don't know, three years ago um and we have to ask dusty why don't the packers care about stopping the run because they give up five yards a carry which is fourth in the nfl the i mean the the bears and the texans are better at stopping the run than the green bay packers yet they have so much success on defense like Mm -hmm. why Um. don't they care how does it work i Explain explain this to me like I'm
4: well, fine. it's it's one of those and it, it's, a, it's I mean overall philosophy I subscribe to that like listen like four to five yard runs who cares at a certain point because I mean at some point you're going to get a penalty or you're going to get set back you're not going to gain five yards you're going to gain two yards and it's really hard to play offense that way and most teams don't want to play offense that way the problem is that the Packers are gonna, like seven yards and like, just, just all the time. And so if you're that bad, you eventually have to care. And honestly, I think they tried to address that someone in the off season, you know, they have Kenny Clark at the line and the whole thing has always been like, there's Kenny Clark and there's no one else. It was Dean Lowry. Who's not a run stuff guy. Last year was Tyler Lancaster, who was just a large man. He had nothing going for him aside from the fact that he was a big dude. And he was, I say he was hard to move. But he was not that hard to move, but then you have, so this year they come in, Lancaster has gone right now. Lowry's injured, which, which is probably helping them a little bit, honestly they drafted Devonte wyatt who's supposed to be kind of that like a big guy in the middle who was getting like no steps until lowry was injured and so i think there's a story there they picked up Jeron reed from the ravens i think he played a, mm-hmm. on a one-year deal well, who, and he was perfectly fine with the ravens like not great and that's basically what he's been this year and then uh, tj slayton who they drafted uh last year fifth run out of florida they thought he was going to make a second year jump for the most part he did. And then they, you know, they, they re-signed Campbell. They, they brought in Quay. I really think they believed, and the whole thing was they want to do like this, this five man front, right? That that was all like the single high stuff. So we go single high, we're doing five man. We got one-on-ones across the board. Well, no one was winning, or they're taking bad paths, and so there's angles all over the place. So I do think they actually tried this offseason with the signings. They let Lancaster go. They brought in Reed. They drafted Wyatt. Uh, like I, they, you know, they had Slayton. They're like, this is going to be the next guy up. We've got, uh, we've got Quay. So we can run these, these. We can be multiple and run these two linebacker packages. I do think they tried to address that. And maybe with this kind of little more four-man look with the with two-man high, like maybe they've got something there within the way Quay and Campbell can kind of play and the way that line works. But I do think they tried this offseason. I just don't think they're very good at it. Like, I I think before this year, I legitimately think they didn't care. So, like, well, it doesn't matter because there's very few teams that can kill us with the run. The problem is that all those teams that can kill you with the run, they're all in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like, you—that's where you meet those teams, and they will kill you with that. And they, they're fine doing that. But I think this year they try to address it. And I do think they've gotten better. I think Lowry being out has helped that, and I think the kind of Quay coming along and Campbell getting healthy. I think that's helped that. But I think they tried. I just don't think they're very good at it this year. But I think. <laughs> uh next year you know maybe maybe next is the year that they're good at run defense <laughs>
2: <laughs> well let me let me throw this to you ryan because lines have struggled to run the ball for the past two months really on this on this crazy streak they've been the one thing they haven't been able to do consistently is run the ball but then you go back to last week and granted this is a very bad bears defense worst maybe in the league in just about everything they put up 200 yards they get their couple explosive plays back deandre swift looks like the, the DeAndre Swift that we've been waiting to see consistently all year is the Lions run game back. And is this an opportunity to kind of keep that going?
3: Don't the, fence it on me. I'm not, I'm not going to fence it on you because <laughs> what I think last week's performance was, mm-hmm. was particularly on the running backs. I thought Swift had an incredibly elusive game. Sure. Um, I mean, he turned what, that one third and long, into something that should have been a four yard gain into a first down. Um, You know, I, I, I think even Jamal, like Jamal created a lot of his yards. Um, I'm not taking anything away from the offensive line, but that's my answer to this question is like, I really think it's going to be a very football cliche NFC North January game where it's like, it's going to be one up front. Mm -hmm. Like, like who's, who's going to be nastier. And if the lions offensive line, if they want to come out and be mean and nasty and, they want to, you know, put their stamp on this game. I, I, I really think that the Packers would hurt from getting gashed maybe five, six, seven yards at a time. If, if the lions prescribed to that. Yeah. And I mean, I think
2: most of all, and when the lions can get those, like instead of just two and three, they're getting four and five, it's not only setting them up better on second and third down, but it opens up the, the play action game, which is really what they really, that's really how Jared at. Goff eats. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's, again, maybe another key to this game. but let's uh let's move forward here I think we're we're at a like uh extended episode here, which is appropriate right it's week 18. I don't
4: know how to shut up, I apologize. No,
2: no, this is great. <laughs> I think I think people want content right now because it's uh, it's an exciting time. So let's move to our final segment, which is our prediction segment and the thing that we call the one thing I think I know which we make a prediction doesn't have to be a score prediction. Doesn't have to be uh, a winner prediction. Just one thing that you think is going to happen in this game. So let's start with Ryan as always. And again, I don't, I don't remember what we did last week. I don't care about what we did. Like it's all about this week, Ryan. So what is the one thing you think,
3: you know, about lions Packers Sunday night football? The one thing that I think I know about lions Packers on Sunday night football is such a cop out answer. I don't care. I don't want to be bold this week, <laughs> but the team that wins the turnover battle wins the game. And, you know, I, I think that these teams probably want to do a lot of similar things to one another. You know, Christian Watson can be a home run threat. Jam- Jameson Williams could be a home run threat. Um, if we can establish the run, great. We'll play off that and we'll take our deep shots and, and, you know, it'll be what it'll be. But I think, just when it comes down to it, which team is going to blink first, which team's going to make that mistake. And because I think either offense is capable of capitalizing off of it. So that's yeah. the one thing I think I know. It's interesting because last week going into that bears game, um, you know,
2: it's bad bears defense, but the one thing that they had been doing a lot, going into that game is, is getting turnovers so getting a lot of interceptions. Right? right. Right. And, um, it's kind of a similar situation this week, right? Packers are suddenly on this, this big turnover streak, a bunch of interceptions three last week against, uh, Kirk cousins, a, a couple more, I think the week before. Um, but, and, and this, this is where I will knock on wood. And I think we've been doing it week after week after week. Jared Goff has not thrown in an interception in two months. We'll see. Uh, all right, Dusty, did you just Jim Nance that or what? I I don't know what I just did. <laughs> uh, Dusty, what is the one thing you think you know about Lions Packers?
4: Listen, man, I hate to stay on the same thing, uh, but I actually had this in mind before Ryan said it, so I'm, I'm going to say it. I, I say Packers get a pick. I'm going to go over Douglas gets a pick. I think the way they're playing right now, they're playing fast. I think they're they're looking to get hands on balls, and and beyond that, I think the defensive line is playing better in getting push and getting hands up one of their interceptions. Well, actually one of their interceptions came off a tip and they would have had another interception if it were not for a tip, because Rasul was looking to jump a sucker and TJ Sutton got his hand up and, and knocked the, knocked the path. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say Rasul gets maybe Jair. I'm going to say Rasul gets an interception. I just think the way they're, the way they're playing right now, I know, you know, interceptions are, you can't predict those and they're not yeah. sustainable week to week, but I think just the way the defense is playing now, I think they're looking for those and I think they're playing aggressive. So I think, I think they get their hands
3: on one. I don't like the sound of that at all, Jeremy. I don't well, like the Dusty right now as a guest because <laughs> I I heard batted Please. passes and I immediately
2: flashed back to Carolina. Yeah. There was a bunch in that game. Um, but you know what? I think I think a lot of people just got mad at me for saying what I did about Jared Goff, and I think Dusty just kind of counteracted that. So now we've got both faces covered. <laughs> I didn't no one jinxed anything. We're all fine. I'm back in. I'm back yeah. in,
4: right? You hear that, Ryan? Yeah. I'm back in. Okay.
2: Oh uh, well. <laughs> He's the producer. He gets to choose. (laughs) All right. The one thing I think I know, and maybe this is going to be a little bit of a cop-out too. This is going to be a one possession game. This is going to go down to the wire. I'm probably going to vomit at some point. Uh, It's, it's going to be a really good game because here's the thing. These two teams belong here. They do. And as much as I hate to say it about the Packers, um, these two teams belong in the playoffs. These two should really be the teams that replace the giants and the seahawks those teams don't deserve to be here it should be the lions and the packers because those teams are playing excellent football right now if you look at DVO, if you look at epa over the past month month and a half these have been top five teams and so um it's gonna be fun uh it, if, if you can call it that um if you can call three and a half hours of, of anxiety written in uh pacing up and down my <laughs> my apartment Fun, that's what it's going to be. Uh, and so uh, I'm I'm excited. I'm horrified. Um, but uh, it should be. It, it, it's better than the alternative of, of you know, just like the Lions doing three trick plays in a meaningless game and, and getting a win against, you know, Jordan Love. <laughs> no, no one really wants that. It sounds like you would want that right now. Wouldn't you take that right now, Jeremy, if that's what they gave me? Maybe. Maybe I'll, I'll go back and watch the tape from last year and then just – I don't know. That'll be my, my, my bottle that I, anyways, uh, let's, let's close things up. Dusty. Uh, I'll, I'll give you the floor here to, to promote your stuff. Where, where can they find you? What sort of stuff? Um, what sort of Packer stuff that, that maybe lines might find tolerable uh, on the internet is.
4: Yeah. You can find me on the internet, I guess. Uh, pretty much everything I post is going to be on Twitter. I'll put, I'll end up throwing it there, but uh, over on Cheesehead, I, I tend to do, uh, you know, depending on how this game goes, you guys may or may not be interested in it, but usually the Wednesday after a game, I do kind of a pass breakdown. It used to be like I'd look at, here's 10 passing concepts I like, but this year it's transform- transformed into more like here's a passing chart and here's how they've attacked at the different levels and blah, blah, blah. Then I'll get into the film on a couple of plays. So if if the Lions win, you may want to check that out uh, this, this coming Wednesday. Uh, I do, I've do i got a sub stack where I typically run down their RPOs for the week. So I'm actually putting that out, I think, tomorrow in terms of what they did this past week. That usage has gone down, and so that, that's become a shorter column than it has been in the past. And that pack report, um, the, the, what they've given me there is they basically told me be as nerdy as you want to be um and so yeah. i've been pulling i've been trying to pull like playbook pages i pulled the playbook page off a of current packers concept from the 66 lombardi playbook God. yeah i was very excited about that so <laughs> it's 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 film stuff it's scheme stuff most people probably do not care but yeah if if, if the lions win you know what man make it you really track, Go over to cheesehead on wednesday at four o'clock and read about the Packers passing game and be like, ha we beat that. So that's, that's probably what you guys will be interested
2: in. <laughs> there you go. And yeah, speaking of, you know, if the Lions win, um, you can always head over to twitch.tv slash pride Detroit after the game, things might get a little wild if the, if the Lions do win this game, especially if, uh, if the Rams take care of business uh, just before the game, but uh, until then, uh, thank you all for listening. Dusty appreciate you joining us Ryan thank as you. always thanks for having us it should be an exciting weekend uh I look forward to it as much as I stress out about it but uh it's good to be here in uh, meaningful football uh so thank you all for listening I uh, will see you Sunday after the game until then it's chaos be kind